No fish have been harmed in the making of this podcast. Well, welcome aboard, everyone, to Talking Bass in PDX. Thanks for joining me on Talking Bass in PDX, the Bass and Warm Water Forum, where we talk fishing in the Northwest. Hi, I'm Don Clark, and I'll be your host. On this episode of Talking Bass in PDX, I have a special guest. But before we talk to him, let me talk to you about Talking Bass in PDX, the podcast. This podcast is all about fishing the Northwest, and if you enjoy listening, help us grow. Tell your friends about the podcast. Put us out on social media. And also make sure that you give us a five-star review if you're on iTunes. We can be heard on Spotify, Anchor FM, iTunes, and iHeartRadio, among others. We can also be found if you Google us. So if you enjoy the show, share it with your friends. Tell them that you found the Warm Water Forum for the Northwest. Now, I don't like to give out a lot of fishing reports on the show because I know the folks listen to the show year-round. However, this will be coming out in November. The crappie fishing here in the Northwest has been better since the rain started, and we are getting some weather this show is coming out the weekend that we have changed our clocks back, so hopefully the fishing will get a little bit better. I've not heard a lot of bass reports, although I know folks are still out catching them, and I have seen a couple of large fish caught here in the northwest. Well, many of you had heard that I had visited a fish camp back in September. The great thing about going was I met many, many anglers, and there were several walleye anglers. And the minute I heard about the walleye anglers, of course, I had to get right there watching and listening to every word they had to say. I love to learn everything I can about walleye, and this was a great forum. Well, one of the folks that were there was... Hemi Rodriguez. Most folks called him J-Rod. Well, J-Rod lives over in the Yakima Valley and started fishing when he was very young. But as he grew up, he found walleye, and walleye is king in his book, as we'll talk about on the interview. So let's get to it. Here's J-Rod. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, so nice to have you on. I know that we met uh, briefly at fish camp, and then we've connected a little bit, and uh, love to hear some of the stories about walleye fishing. But before we get to that, tell me a little bit, how did you get into fishing, and how did you get specifically into walleye fishing? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm kind of new here and kind of excited to go through your interview, so I appreciate you. Uh, reaching out and, and getting this going. So, yeah, thank you for that. And, uh, well, walleye fishing, let me see. Uh, well, I grew up fishing warm water species uh, from a young age. I can't remember, I was probably like between, you know, five and eight years old or something like that. And we did a lot of steelhead fishing uh, in the winter. And in the spring, we would go for bass and 
we would catch walleye fishing for bass off the bank. And when we would see them, they just looked like this, you know, this back then we didn't even know what they were because like I said, we would just fish for bass and, and catch them. But we figured out what they were. It kind of just stayed like that. And fast forward to 2015, I started pursuing them uh, almost 100% of the time, like 99% of the time. And it was just because I was really excited to get out there and, and fish for them because they were so they were so unique. I mean, they're just from their eyes, from their the way they look, their teeth, and and I heard that you know they were good they were good eating. So I bought pretty much just bought a boat and started fishing for them pretty much full time. Yeah, that's interesting that uh, I have not had any of the um, other anglers that come on that specifically talk about walleye. Of course, they talk about the eyes a little bit, but I've never had anybody talk about the teeth. You know, they've they've got a mouthful, and uh, you de- definitely yeah. do. What, you definitely don't want to grab one and lip it like you would a a bass or any other of the warm water oh, no. species. No, definitely not. They they're they're full of these little sharp edged teeth, and they have actually they have they're spiny ray species, and they have well they're. Their fins, or they have um, points on the side of their fins and stuff like that too. So yeah, you have to be real careful where you grab a walleye, even if it's a small walleye. Don't just because you think it's a small walleye, it'll it'll poke you. Even when you're filleting them, they'll still poke you when when they're on the fillet table. So yeah, you gotta be you gotta be careful with that. Yeah, no, they're they're a really interesting game fish. And as a matter of fact, uh, before we started the uh, the call. I was actually trying to figure out the history of walleye here in the Pacific Northwest, and there's not a good um, definition that I that I have found so far. I'm still reading a a pretty lengthy uh, article on it, and um, they don't really know how they got here, and they they don't know where they really started. So it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, there's some theories on where they were put in, but but that's a it's an interesting fish. They're not. They are a non-native species, so they they yeah they're not from here. I mean they're uh, they're not from the this area. They were introduced whether legally or illegally, but they were they were definitely introduced, and they have since then pretty much multiplied. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, they they do a good job of multiplying. And now tell me a little bit about currently uh you're fishing a few tournaments. I know that uh, like like myself, you still got the nine to five we're still we're still working but yeah, uh, how yeah. how how often do you get to go fishing? So I try to target a, at least two to three tournaments a year, even though there's probably more like seven or eight in this area anyway i mean that's I'm just talking about like the Columbia River circuit uh i mean if you wanted to really pursue it you have so many circuits throughout the country but yeah tournament fishing is fun at first i was a little leery just just because i mean it's something new you know nobody likes to get out of their comfort zone and feel uncomfortable when you're you know you you think of fishing as you know it's fun and no stress and stuff like that and you when you get out to the tournament world yeah you know you, you you know you might have a little bit of pressure on you, you know, because you well, you want to win, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very it's fun. I've, I've since then though, I've I've broken out of that, and 
Uh, I just can't wait to get out. There's a friendly tournament coming up here on the Snake River in about uh, a couple weeks. But this one's kind of cool because it's pretty unique where it's, there's no entry fee. You just go catch a big fish. Whoever catches a big fish uh, gets a trophy, and, and everybody goes on with their day. But, uh, again, though, the tournaments, it's it's good. It's good to get some uh, to get out there, check out all these professionals that, you know, pretty much could catch big walleye, you know, when they need to. So it, it's fun. It's been fun. Wow, that's really neat. Now, I, I mentioned it early in the uh, intro that you live in the Yakima Valley. So for my listeners out there, uh, Yakima Valley is uh, between um, Yakima and the Tri-Cities, correct? Yep, I live in the Yakima Valley in Sunnyside, Washington, and I'm about an hour each way, whether I want to go down towards uh, Plymouth, Washington to fish, or to the Tri-Cities. Yeah, so what a, what an advantage you have over uh, somebody who's, say, living in Portland, and if they're going to go to the Tri-Cities, you're talking oh, not quite 200 miles uh, to head out to, to fish the the Columbia River, so you you really got an advantage there, right? Yeah, and that's just that's just a couple areas, but we have up north, you know, some nice fisheries too, some lakes. We have the Pajo Reservoir and Banks Lake, Lake Roosevelt, and I think Lake Roosevelt is from what I've read. I don't know if that's what you read too, is where the walleye were originally introduced back in the '60s, I believe. Yeah, that's the thing that I saw too. Is that Lake Roosevelt may be the likely spot that they started? As long as we're yeah. talking about places, we're not going to give away any of your secret spots. Of course, that wouldn't be fair. But do you prefer the? I'm lakes? not going to give them to you either. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Had, I haven't had anybody give me a yeah. secret spot yet. Now, well, where I'm at, no secret. Do, do you like? the lake fishing for walleye, or do you like the river systems for walleye? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Wow. Uh, well, I could say that I like the river fishing more just because I fish it more and I have more success on the river. But lake fishing is is really fun. It's it's a different It's a different dynamic. Walleye almost act just a little bit different. Uh, actually, you know what? They act a lot different now that I think about it because I've been struck out on some of these lakes here in Washington. But uh, yeah, I, I like I like my river fishing. I, I'm comfortable with it. I I'm semi-successful, I guess you could say. I do okay. So for those listeners out there, uh, this guy's holding back on us because he can he can catch the big ones. Yeah, yeah. The the Columbia River is it's and again that's no secret. I mean, there's we have arguably the best trophy size-wise. Uh, if you want to catch a trophy, you want to come to the Columbia River in, in the whole United States. I mean, this is truly a tr- uh, trophy fishery that we that we have, currently have here. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I've seen, I've seen some really great walleye pulled out of the, uh, out of the Columbia system. So, Tell me a little bit about the fishing gear that you like to use, your rod, the line, the reel. Um, do you use a bottom walker or do you use some other form of uh, a bait? No, yeah, I use I use bottom bouncers. I'm actually staring at a fresh batch that I have right now. I have freshly poured two and a half 
and three ounce bottom bouncers uh right on my boat so those are ready to go uh but yeah i do a lot of trolling if i i in trolling i'm not sure if your listeners are really familiar with trolling for walleye but it's just it's a good way to find the fish because you're covering a lot of ground whether you're trolling your bottom bouncer or trolling a crankbait you know you're covering you're covering a lot of water and you know a lot of guys they'll do that they'll troll and then once they troll they'll turn around and either blade bait or jig the the spots when they find them because walleye like everybody knows, they're they're nomadic, but they're schooling fish. So if you find one, more than likely you're probably going to find another one. And it all kind of depends on current. I mean, it, it depends on a lot of things. It can go from there, but in general, they're schooling fish. So you find one, you're going to find you're going to find a bunch. So you just you know you troll you troll. I troll around and and I don't I don't necessarily do that. I have before, but my thing is like okay, well they're biting on a a warm harness rig, you know, tip with a night crawler. So I'm just going to continue to, you know, troll with my warm harness rig. Uh, but, yeah, when I'm trolling my, my rods, I try to use longer rods uh, with soft tips um, so you could detect the bite, whether I'm bottom bouncing or I'm trolling plugs. And then uh, when I'm jigging, it's just a shorter rod. It's just real real basic. You could go from there. But when I originally started out, and, and I still do use those types of rods because I've seen so many people use short rods for trolling like the opposite of what i'm doing and it works for them but um when i'm trolling i use like an eight foot six rod with a soft tip so you know you could detect the bounce of your bottom bouncer or you could detect the vibration of your your crankbait um and then you know when i'm jigging you need something that you could actually hold you know over the boat without you know being too far over and you know when you have to set the hook you're not getting too big of a swing just a nice nice hook set i guess if that makes sense but yeah I, li- I like to do uh i don't know if i could say i like one method over the other i i think i like them all i like i like to catch fish <laughs> that's what i like to do yeah exactly you talked a little bit about this a second ago and you said that you're tipping it with a worm now for most of my listeners uh we've we've had other walleye folks on and we typically will use like a whole night crawler. Are you using only a small piece, or are you using the whole night crawler on, on your rig? Okay, so I'm typically, I mean, depending. It, yeah, see, that's a good question too because everything depends on uh, certain factors. So if you're going to use a whole worm, you got to be, in my opinion, anyway, you're going to be you, your fish have to be committed. So if you got these you know, these light biters or these finicky biters that they just want to just peck at your, if you had a long worm, they'll just be pecking at it. And by the time they got to your hook, they probably weren't interested. They shied away or it just, you know, just turned them off or whatever. But if you have a, if you have a long worm and you have a fish that's wanting to commit, then it should be fine. Cause they're just going to just take it. And also, too, you got to consider the slow death hook. The slow death hook, you always want to have, you always want to cut a little bit off or use half a worm when you when you're using a super slow death hook. Sure, that's interesting because yeah. uh, I was introduced to the slow death hook, and if folks are not familiar with that, now you and I were talking before we started the uh, the call, and you were talking about your social media site, 
uh, and YouTube. Do you have pictures of some of the things that you're using on on your uh, social media? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I what I post. I post I I I show you certain things. I guess you could say uh, I've been I've showed lures in fish's mouth. I've I've had video of of fish in in fish's mouth. So yeah, if you looked up any of my social media accounts, whether it's on YouTube, uh, Facebook, or Instagram, you'll you, you might have to do some searching, but you'll you'll uh, come across some 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 images like that. So so for my listeners, because I do get some really interesting questions coming across on email, tell our listeners how to get uh, to your accounts. Uh, so pretty much, if you went on Facebook, you just typed in J Rod Angling. So that's a uh, J R O D Angling A N G L I N G. And you would find me on Facebook, YouTube, and actually, if you type that in in all three, you, that's how you would find me. And I don't think there's another J-Rod Angling on there, so I think that would be the easiest way. And you can email me, too. So I could that that If you went to my Facebook, you'll see my email right there, too. People are not interested in, in social media. You could always email me, and, and I'll be glad to answer kind of any kind of questions that, that uh, people may have. I. And that's pretty much like I said. All I was trying to say earlier is, you know, I'll try to help out the next guy, you know, as much as I can. You know, you can, and I say it in my seminars too. Like, there's, there's, there's the, there's certain questions you should ask. You know, if you ask the right question, then I'll be, I'll be glad to answer. If you, if you start, you know, a little stronger and you get one of specifics, then it kind of is like, hey, you know, because at the end of the day, you have to get out there and try these things yourselves and, and dial it in. And if you're willing to do that and you're asking me the right question, then I'll, I'll be willing to help you out. Yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely tell you that when I started walleye fishing about four or five years ago, I bought lot, lots and lots of tackle because one guy would tell me one thing, one guy would tell me another thing. And to be honest with you, I have basically one rig that I use for bottom bouncing, and I have a couple of different um, crankbaits that I like that, that uh, catch fish, and I keep it simple. So, uh, folks, if you <laughs> you, you want to learn how before you go out and spend hundreds of dollars to buy things, so that that's my that's my suggestion. And I would I would suggest if somebody's just getting into it, I would suggest starting with the bottom bouncer. I mean that's just me. That's my opinion. That uh, that's you just go. You buy a bottom bouncer and you buy some type of spinner rig, preferably a, a Max Smile Blade uh, rig type rig, and get out there and and troll around with that. Get comfortable with it, the bite, the feel, and then from there you can start dialing in your crankbait arsenal, your jigs, your ripping wraps, your blade baits, and 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 you can go from there. But uh, walleye spinner rig will will catch fish year round. And of course, you're you're pro staff with uh, Max Lure, right? Yep, yep. Did you notice that with that little <laughs> mention there? <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I and I encourage that when when uh, when I've had folks on, absolutely. Want to want to make sure we get the sponsor in there. Now, if folks are here in the Pacific Northwest, Portland. Washington, Southwest Washington, or even out in your area, 
What's the best place to go find Max Lures? Off the bat, I would go with go on the internet first. You go to either maxlure.com or just type in Max Smileblade and you'll find some kind of vendor that'll that'll sell them. But if you want to go like to a store or something, if, I don't know if you guys have like a Bymar, Ace, Sportsman's, uh, shoot, let me see. Uh, you're out there, so maybe, shoot. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with stores out in your area, but uh, I, would, I would go, I would have to say that the internet, the internet would be the way to go. There you go. So that's the best way to go find them. Now, I, I've been able to go to, like you said, Bymart and uh, Sportsman's Warehouse, and I'm, I'm able to find them there too. So I've done it both ways. Yeah. I've gone on the Internet when I want a specific color, and I've gone to the store when I want to get a variety. So I've, I've got kind of both. Yeah. So tell me about uh, this past uh, six months or so, what have you thought of the fishing conditions? Because we went through a real, real hot summer uh, here in the Northwest. I don't think that's a secret to anybody. But tell me a little about the fishing the last few months. Well, uh, fishing for me on my boat has been, as let me see, I'd say it's been good. It's been decent and good. Kind of a little bit more than decent, not quite great. But it's for me, I mean, it's it's been good. Past six months, yeah, you're talking that warm water that we had in the summer i think the highest i seen it was hovering no it was pretty steady at 74 degrees uh but that's when i like to target my trips uh at nighttime but i mean we could talk night walleye on another episode or something because i could if you go on my social media you'll see a lot of dark backgrounds and that's because i'm fishing at night but yeah, uh, yeah it's been good Yes, yeah, so absolutely. Uh, that's our that's our plan. This is kind of an introduction, and then uh, we we're we are planning at least one more, and maybe even two more uh, episodes uh, with J Rod because want to get more in depth with uh, with some other subjects. But with our remaining time that we got uh, on this uh, particular interview, I had a few questions that I wanted to ask. So if you don't mind, I'll just kind of fire them off, and and, and we'll get the answers. So. Your personal best okay. for walleye. What's the biggest one you've caught? So the biggest one I caught was the longest one I've caught actually because I didn't I did not get a measurement. I've, I haven't been measure I've been weighing my fish lately. I just been pulling a a length, and that one was thirty two inches, and that was just caught here in July. Yep, July, wow. and, I, and that was actually after. Uh, a tournament, <laughs> so uh, that 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 fish wasn't around. We caught some nice fish during the tournament, but just the big one wasn't there. Uh, but it was a couple weeks later. So a 32 inch walleye. It was roughly about 14 and a half, 14. It was all of 14, 14 pounds. That's yeah. my personal best. But my boat's personal best, which came from my son. Uh, at the time, I think he was 12 years old. He has a 34. 33 and three quarter, 16 and a half pound. We did get a weight on that one. Wow, what a nice fish that was. Yeah, yeah. So he got, he got, the, he's got the boat record and, well, he's got the house record, I guess, because, I mean, that's our PBs. And then my other, my son, my 10 year old, he has a 30 inch, his personal best. And then my oldest daughter, I have two daughters, they both are like, fighting for third and fourth with like a 29 and a half. And I think maybe one of them might have a 30 inch too. 
So. Man. Now, do you fish uh, year round, or do you stop uh, when it gets uh, when it gets a little too cold? No, no, mm-mm. no. I'm out there year round. I guess the only time I stop is when I'm not able to go out for the week. But yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, my boat doesn't get winterized. I just make sure that it's motor's running good and you know nothing's freezing on it. And uh, we're we're out there all all year. Yeah, that's uh, again that's the advantage living out uh, kind of to the eastern part of the state is you you get a you get more days than we do over here on the 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 other side of the state. Between the two, between crankbait and pulling the bottom walker, which one's your favorite? Favorite would have to go to, you know what? That's going to be for me. That's going to be a split. I I I can't say either or because uh, not only do they both catch fish. I when as a fisherman, when you're in your boat, and I don't know, I don't even know if I could describe this. There's like the takedown of a uh, when you have your of a crankbait bite. The way the way it takes it down, like those big head shakes, those big takedowns on your rod tip, I mean, I just, that image, I could just, when I'm talking about it, I could replay it in my, like, I could see it right now on a, on a crank, but just the, like the actual bite I favor. Uh, in, the, in the in the bottom, uh, with the bottom bouncing, you get more of a, of a fight from the fish because you're not, they're more aggressive, I guess you could say. Uh, but, and then they both do catch big fish on my boat pretty much equally. Like it goes, like I'll have the big one on the warm harness, and then I'll get the big one on the crank, and then sometimes I'll mix it up, and then I'll get a big one off a jig, and stuff like that. But uh, between those two, I, I'd have to say it's an even, it's an even split. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's what's the most unusual thing you've ever caught? Oh shoot, yeah. So you catch, you know, everything out there, especially when you have a a worm, but I want to say this was just recently too. And for me, it was unusual because you don't think, you know, you're going to catch this fish on a, well, it wasn't a worm harness. I think it was on a, on a sonic bait fish. So I was, I was pretty much jigging the, uh, a sonic bait fish, you know, for walleye. And it's pretty much just lead blade bait type bait. And I caught a, and I might sound like, like I'm not, I don't know what I'm talking about here, but it, it, it it's a, I know it was a sculpin and it, it was, uh, I think it's a freshwater sculpin. And I mean, they're all over in the river and stuff like that, but I, I personally have never caught one as, and when I seen it and I was like, and it was a, not a, it was like a set, I put it on the board and it measured seven inches. And I was like, man, this looks like, you know, it looked like a baby lingcod, you know, with the, the 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 fins out the side and stuff, but for me that that was just recently too. That was that that was probably the odd catch for me uh, lately. Yeah, that's a that's a large sculpin. Uh, I was uh, yeah. I, actually on the Columbia River this past weekend, uh, and we oh. were we were doing some bottom fishing. We were just looking for uh, uh, catfish and whatever we could find in some holes. And uh, we come up with a small sculpin that was probably three or four inches long, which I, the folks I was with, I said, hey, you know, these are these are just common. They're out here, and they looked at it, and we threw it back. But I'd never seen one that big. That's that's a pretty big sculpin. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, I was pretty impressed with that. And uh, what is the most most unusual thing you've ever dropped off the boat and wished you hadn't have? Oh, <laughs> shoot. Uh, and dropped off like it fell in the water? It's gone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'd be My daughter has to take that for me. And even though it was my cell phone, she dropped it. It made it to the bottom of the Columbia River. <laughs> Yeah, most of them when they fall in, they, they they're going down. So. Yeah, yeah, she had it in her hand, and I don't know why she even had it. And she, I look at her, and it was like slow motion, it just fumbled out of her fingers, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then next thing you know, you know, it's like three feet under the water, like no, it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, I've had uh, I've had a couple people talk about cell phones. I had one yeah. guest on here a while back that lost four cell phones. <laughs> my wow. my personal story was I was walking down a dock, getting ready to get in my boat. I pulled out a key to unlock a lock, and I and I dropped my uh, key fob, which does everything to the car, into the water, and it it sank very fast, and was never never recovered. So uh, yeah, I I know that feeling when you see that thing going down. Yeah. It's like yeah. That's gone. Not gonna get that. Yeah, yeah. With the key fob thing, it's like every time I'm on the dock, it's like I put I I put them in my pocket, but when I get in the pocket, I kind of give them one more like get down there in the bottom of the pocket, and just you know keep walking back up to the boat or to the to the truck. But yeah, that that's kind of a a fear of mine also. There you there you go. Well, this has been a great introduction uh, interview, and I really do appreciate it. Now, one more time for our audience. Tell them how to get a hold of you on social media. Okay. Well, it's pretty simple. J-Rod Angling, J-R-O-D Angling, A-N-G-L-I-N-G, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you know, and I'd appreciate it if, you know, you guys, if you guys like what you see, give us a follow, give us a subscribe, and and go from there and be on the lookout for J-Rod Guide Service probably here pretty soon. Wow, that's going to be great if you're uh, – I had not heard about the uh, Guide Service, so that is that is going to be a great segue coming up into our uh, coming up shows as we head off into the winter because we want to talk about night fishing and we want to talk about getting after those trophy walleyes. So thanks, J-Rod. We'll talk to you again. All right, looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. And there he goes. Again, I would like to thank J-Rod for coming on the show. If you enjoyed what J-Rod had to say on this episode of Talking Bass and PDX, look him up on YouTube and on Facebook under J-Rod Angling. I took a look at his YouTube page. He's got some great videos there about walleye fishing, I think you'll really enjoy them. Also, let him know that you heard about it on Talking Bass in PDX. Well, that'll do it for this show. For show ideas, feedback, or suggestions, email me at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, this has been Don Clark, Talking Bass in PDX, and I'll see you on the backcast.